Welcome to Category Is. I'm Justin. And I'm Maurice. If it's your first time listening to Category Is, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get a new notification every time yes. we drop an episode. Get a new notification every week so you don't even gotta go looking for us. It's already there already in the there. box. Yes. Welcome to March. Already. Now, nah, welcome to uh, National Women's History yes. Month. Women's History Month is yes. March in the U.S. I don't know. I think it's different months. In different countries. In different countries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well, well here <laughs> in America, America is March. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so how was your weekend? My weekend was nice. Well, let's not even think the talk. <laughs> Our weekend kind of overlapped. A little, a little bit. bit. It was a little overlap there. Yeah, so Maurice actually left the house for once. I do that every once in a while. I'm just, you know, semi-annually. Mm-hmm. Like the Victoria's Secret <laughs> sale. <laughs> It's like once a quarter. Okay, once a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Saturday night, Maurice mm-hmm. and I um, had separate dates, but we were in the same separate. venue. We were. At uh, the Academy of Music mm-hmm. for the Alvin, Alvin Ailey Dance uh, Company. Yes. It was nice. It was a lovely show. It was. Um, I have some concerns, though. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Okay. Shortly, but you know it was a, a beautiful theater. Yeah, um, you know, for those of you who might not know, Alvin Ailey was a um, major African American mm-hmm. gay mm-hmm. male yeah. uh, uh, choreographer, choreographer yeah. and dancer mm-hmm. uh, in the fifties, forties, fifties, sixties. Yeah, every yeah. A, he started his own dance company. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because you couldn't go dance at the white dance companies. Exactly, yeah. And um, he has created a legacy mm-hmm. and um, a form of contemporary ballet mm-hmm. and dance and artistry yeah. that has taken over the world. Yeah. And um, he's really put his position, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the dance community yeah. world. So Alvin Ailey's renowned. Yeah. So did you enjoy the show? Yeah, I did. So it was actually um, my boyfriend and I were celebrating our anniversary. And so that was like, you know, something to do because mm-hmm. um, he'd never seen it. Okay. And I haven't seen them in probably about 15 years, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so the last time I saw them was I was living in Charleston, South Carolina, and they came down to the Gilead. Yeah, so I saw that they were coming to town. And I was like, oh, perfect. You know, we'll do this for like the anniversary. And it was good. Like we, I like to sit in the balcony. Sure. For like a dance performance because you can see like the formation. Right. And you can see like, I feel like you can see more of the choreography from like an elevated uh, sure. position. So we were like the third row in the balcony. So it was like really, nice. really good seats. Um, but yeah, we, we enjoyed it. The first performance we didn't really care for. Yeah, the first performance was giving me like high school dance recital. Yeah, it was giving me like the opening of the Cosby show. Remember that one season where they had like the big flowy skirts and Yes. Yeah. It was very that. It was like that mixed with like Mari Windsor Pilates cuz don't they you? were like doing a lot of floor work. Not Mari Windsor Pilates. It was yeah. a lot of floor work. And I mean, we sat on the floor and mm-hmm. I do remember like I was just like my head was tipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was getting sleepy. I'm like, I can't see half of y'all all on I the think floor. For me it was because like the music was so it was like jazz. So right. jazz is kind of it was bluesy. To, yeah. It's hard to follow. It's hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah. The second one I think was both of our favorites. Yes. Yeah. Um again, it's hard to kinda of explain mm-hmm. it's hard to a visual yeah. to people. But it was basically like this really long it was a long piece. Mm-hmm. And honestly, as soon as the curtain rose Right, mm-hmm. Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, it looked like a Solange. It did. Uh, art yeah. installation performance yeah. piece. I was like, "Is Solange about to come out on the stage?" Because <laughs> you know how albums just dropped. It did. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. 
but it was like basically like I interpreted it to be all about time and it was yeah. like mechanics and yeah. it was super like the um you know ticking of a clock yeah, and the movement that, of time and, yeah. and trying to manipulate time mm-hmm. go back in time hold mm-hmm. on to time yeah it was just it was so good it actually made me cry it was really, really good yeah it was good like I really did like the synchronization of the music yes. and the choreography it was giving me like mm-hmm. marching band and step show at the same time yes it was yeah. awesome and you know I also like to go to the Alvin Ailey to see the sights <laughs> um you know in the first dance the man yeah. had on like you know, uh, like, painting sacks and palazzo pants. Yeah. I mean, they just look like... And one dude looked like a janitor because he had on that, them coveralls. Yeah, they were covered yeah. from head to toe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not what I was there for. No. I want to see you in your little nude colored panties <laughs> hopping all over the stage. But um, in the second act, they did take off their shirts. Well, all but one. I don't know. One of them did. Yeah. He, he needed to keep that on. He did, though. He did. Let's he not be little, mean, though. Yeah. Let's not be sizes. Okay, we He won't. was still up there trying to get height like the others. Yeah. But, I mean, it was nice. And then mm-hmm. it was like, it ended, well, there was a small they little did, Ella. like, Ella Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald. That was, like, a really good part. It was comedic. Yeah, it was funny. Cute. Yeah, yeah. And it was short, too. And then they end with Revelations, mm-hmm. which is, like, a original 1960. It's 1960. Alvin it's like Ailey. the signature Alvin Ailey. It is very, very. <laughs> okay. So there's these black ladies sitting behind me. <laughs> and they was really not into the TikTok time. No. They wasn't featuring, you know, the blue janitor. They wasn't even really here for the Ella. But, you know, the Revelations is very Negro spiritual inspired. Yeah, you wading, you wading through the water. Mm-hmm. Lord, forgive me for the Bible tells me. So it's very mm-hmm. religious. It feels spiritual. It's very spiritual. Uh, you know, it's, it's very, it, it might feel reminiscent of like your Sunday uh, praise dance. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Um, Some of the I movements, the hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, the... the Long, yeah, elongation. the elongation of the yeah, those long potato sack dresses. Yeah, uh, but the black ladies was just oh yes, God. oh yes, Jesus, oh this is amazing, oh this mm-hmm. is beautiful, oh I this is the best. Yeah. I'm like, ladies, they've been doing this since 1960, <laughs> right. like a, a good smooth 60 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, just give an old black lady a Negro spiritual and she, the mere mention of Jesus, and yeah. she gets her entire life. She got her whole life. And so her soul. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. My concerns were they started late did they call you yes so they they called and left a voicemail yeah and this is this is kind of where like low-key shade creeps in and it's like you shaving me because i'm black Mm -hmm. but they called the day before Mm -hmm. and left a voicemail saying um there's no late entry and to be on time yeah to be on time so uh, let me tell you we've gone to the academy of music Mm -hmm. for several occasions yeah um you know, for all types of musical, mm-hmm. Broadway, theater, theater yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I like the theater. I've never, never. a mainstream production, never had the Academy Music call me <laughs> call and me. say, please yeah. be on time. Please be on time. They might as well just say, please be on time, Negro. Basically. Because they, they know it's like only black people going to Only black Italy. people are going to show up. But also, you know how we do sometimes. You do like, know how we do. You know, they say 7.30 is people showing up at like 8.45. What they should do is, do is just lie on the ticket, which yeah. I think they also did, too, because they didn't start till late anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was supposed to start at 730, but right. they didn't start till well after that. Yeah, like almost yeah. 8 o'clock. Yeah. And then they had all those signs posted that were like, no late entry, no right. late entry, no late entry. And I was like, okay, they're only doing this because it's a black performance. And they know the audience. I mean, right. so part of that, I think, might have been Alvin Ailey, too, because 
maybe they were trying to say like, hey, look, we know these people are gonna be late, right? So let's it's just a cultural that. difference, it's a cultural thing, yeah. Um, but it was uh, where I was sitting out on the floor mm-hmm. after the first of like five intermissions or whatever it was, which was <laughs> honestly that was the most frustrating. That thing was the for most me. frustrating part because I'm like, y'all dance for like ten minutes, and we well, gotta take a. It would be like 20, fifteen to twenty minutes, and we gotta take a twenty minute intermission. But after each dance, it'd be a twenty minute break. Yeah. It would be longer than the dance. So, yeah, like really, they could have cut all the time we were there in half. Yeah, like. And I was so annoyed because I had an aisle seat mm-hmm. and there was like these two men that were all the way like on the inside. Okay. And ev- on every intermission they get up and go to the bathroom. I was like, do you have the bladder <laughs> of a five-year-old? I the mean, I have fuck? a small bladder too. So I understand, but that's a bit excessive. I don't know. Eh. I don't understand it. It's just like be an adult, hold your pee. I, I can sit on an eight-hour plane ride and not get up once to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But I'm also a camel. That's true. But, I mean, it was nice. It was mm-hmm. good. It's always fun. Support the arts. Support the arts. Support right. black arts. So, Maurice, what you drinking this week? So, this week, you guys, is Mardi Gras on Tuesday, which is the beginning of the uh, season of Lent. Are you giving up something for Lent? I don't do that mess. No? You're mm-hmm. not Catholic. I'm not Catholic either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Mardi Gras is traditionally, like, the last party night because when the Lenten season uh, begins... You kind of have to be, you know, more restrictive. People give up, you know, alcohol, sex, cigarettes, like whatever. Chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah, it's kind of like a New Year's resolution. And you give up something until Easter. When is Easter this year? April 21st, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. This week, in honor of Mardi Gras, we're going to drink a traditional New Orleans cocktail, the Hurricane. I'm going to pray for Justin tonight because <laughs> there's a lot of rum in this. And Justin cannot do. You know, the I rum. cannot do. You rum. cannot. So I hope I'm a vodka drinker. Yeah. I can't even speak already. <laughs> I'm already slurring my words. Um, <laughs> I'm a vodka gin drinker. I cannot do rum at all. You'll be laid out on this floor. So I hope you make it. I'm sipping. I'm gonna. Ca- I'm gonna cap myself. Okay. I'm gonna. Um. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to cut you off at at some point. Cut me off. So it has rum. It has light rum, dark rum, some freshly squeezed orange juice, some passion fruit juice, a little bit of lime. He used Tropicana. (laughs) I mean, same same thing. It works. Um, Some lime juice, some grenadine, and then garnish it with a little cherry. Yes. Well, happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. Les les bon temps roulés. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only French I know. A little bit. Bonjour, bonsoir, monsieur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Does it? Mademoiselle. Uh, a little bit. Okay. I I know I know a lot more Spanish. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right, let's get to these. Well, let's hop into these categories for the week. Category is Leaving Neverland. <sighs> okay. So, I haven't really prepared all my thoughts yet okay um it's it's a two-part special on hbo mm-hmm. it's part one started on sunday, sunday evening, night yeah and part two is actually going on tonight so i don't really want to offer my full opinion until i've seen the entire documentary mm-hmm. but i will say this you know um there's two individuals mm-hmm um, I forget. I know that one of the guys, his name's Wade Robson. Yeah. Now, if you guys grew up at the time that Maurice in the nine, well, actually, the, the time that I grew up, yeah, because uh, you know, again, Maurice is a little older, just a little bit. Um, you know, Wade Robson was a big deal. 
He's like a choreographer, dancer. Yes. Yeah. He would uh, do all the choreography for Britney Spears mm-hmm. and sync. He was always yeah. on, what was that show? I'm making the video. Yeah. Yep. He was yeah. always on making the video. And he had like a little curly, like, um, texturizer. Yeah. Texturizer. Yeah. He had like a bandana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he used to have those workout tapes. He did. He oh my God. Tapes? I yes! forgot about that. Because that's back when like tie bones was yeah, popping. Yeah. He, yeah. Wade Rocks used to have the workout tapes. He was the original Sean T. Okay. So, there's this new documentary that has now been produced and it's come out. It is called Finding Neverland. It's, it's on HBO, right? Airing on HBO, so you do need the premium channels. And um, it's been created by um, this director named Dan Reed. Mm-hmm. And it's Ball-headed guy. basically, yeah, about two individuals who are coming forward Wade Robson and this other guy, Safechuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. I, I, I think of his first name, James Safechuck. Mm-hmm. And. They just allege that Michael Jackson Mm -hmm. um, sexually abused them. Uh, I believe, like, beginning at the age of seven and Mm -hmm. going on. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've read a little bit here. It was, you know, late for me, so I didn't see the entire Mm -hmm. show. But I'm not going to have full commentary probably till next week until I've had time to digest it. And this is my thing. Mm -hmm. Coming off the tales of victims, mm. I still choose to believe victims. Okay. And I'll hear them out. But it's just a little bit harder for me because I think that the timing of this documentary seems all too convenient. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being a little boy and loving Michael Jackson. I yeah. remember sitting on my mom's um, bed mm-hmm. and there was like this ar- armoire it was like a tall dresser armoire mm-hmm. like chest of drawers yep. it had like a little cabinet mm-hmm. at the top mm-hmm. and her TV was on top mm-hmm. and I remember the first time I saw the um, remember the time oh my god and yeah, it was just like magical moment mm-hmm. I can actually envision myself like in that moment mm-hmm. and I was just so like oh, Michael Jackson's the coolest yeah. person that but, video was epic but then I just remember like being young and not young enough to understand right but kind of always hearing that Michael Jackson was weird. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it had always, at least in, during my time, you know, I mean, I, well, I, I was more I, eccentric. It wasn't like weird. It no, was, for me, I felt uh-huh. like people always felt like Michael Jackson was weird. I really? always remember people talking about him dying, his skin color, well, his nose falling like, uh, off. He had. Um, know, I do always surgeries. remember the allegations about the the children stuff, even when I was a kid. I, I vividly remember that. And then, like, do you remember bubbles? I remember blanket, like when he that put was, blanket over the railing. That was a like long there was time. always this bubbles was a chimpanzee. Okay, no, I don't remember both. Okay. But, like, there was always this, like, controversy with Michael Jackson. And the messaging that was sent to me as a young child mm-hmm. was that he was strange, weird, and odd, but okay. deeply beloved. And I, in the juxtaposition, okay. it's like, how do people love this person who clearly has all these problems, right? Okay. But I think I didn't have the full understanding of, at, at that time, when mm-hmm. I was really young, I didn't know about the Jackson 5. I didn't mm-hmm. know about how beloved Michael was mm-hmm. and what a creative genius he right. was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understood he was a genius when I watched this Remember the Time video. But just my problem is, is just like, now it's just convenient. Michael Jackson's been dead for almost a decade. I mean, it'll be a decade this summer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like yesterday. It does. I remember that day. But it's just, why now? Like, what do you have uh-huh. to benefit from a man who doesn't have the ability to defend himself? Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if he did these things that are true, then okay. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just seems like a money grab. 
Yeah. And, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a defame his name. Yeah. After and the grave. He can't defend himself. And that's my issue with it also because I just feel like they interviewed these kids, you know, back with the whole investigation where he um, actually filed, uh, settled, I think, out of court with right. like one of a different child, a guy who's made, you know, similar claims. And it just to me just seems like the timing is off and y'all checks have dried up. Like, Wade, you ain't been hot since you were doing the Britney Spears and NSYNC videos. Right. I mean, you were like a judge or something on So You Think You Can Dance, but that was even a long time ago. Right. I don't even know what this other guy did, did or does. We don't even know how. <clears throat> yeah, and so then, you know, they're making all these allegations and they're so hurt and so, you know, feeling so bad about what Michael did to them, but then they don't place any accountability mm-hmm. on their parents right. like if michael was doing these things to you how did you even get in that place right and like I, that's a lot of the commentary and feedback uh-huh. i've seen from other celebrities who are commenting yeah at least in defense of michael jackson mm-hmm. they're saying like well you know who leaves a seven-year-old alone with a grown man mm-hmm. especially a grown man who like yes michael jackson's beloved but everyone knew he was kind of off or a little odd or mm-hmm. a little strange okay you know, like he, he would he, what grown man runs around thinking he's a little boy that's yeah. not n- normal mm-hmm. right you can mm-hmm. call it eccentric yeah but i'm not leaving my seven-year-old child with anyone okay and like in the documentary it talks about how like it was systematic and mm-hmm. organized mm-hmm. and at first there'd be a suite mm-hmm. and the child would stay in the suite with the parents and mm-hmm. michael jackson would be in the next room mm-hmm. Then the kid would stay in the room with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Then the child, the parents would stay down the hall, and yeah. they would further remove. Yeah, the or child. They, he would send the parents on a trip, right? And then the one kid would stay, and it was just like. Mm. But this is my thing, right? Because, and again, I'm not attacking anyone who's the victim of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Child molestation is horrible, 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 beyond. like beyond. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not in defense of that. And if Michael Jackson did these things, then I think that. We need to, I believe that even posthumously, he can, we can have a discussion about it if these things happen. I don't think so. I, I do. I do. Mm. But I don't like the way that this documentary is going about right. it. Because I feel like the documentary isn't being as transparent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, and not that documentaries have, they do have their point of view. Mm-hmm. But you do want to find some balance. Because yeah. when, you, when you present with balance, you do kind of show more authenticity. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. this documentary seems like it's it has a clear agenda. It's very one-sided, yeah. Um, and the timing... All of that. Mm-hmm. But, like, even something that, like, I read in some of the reviews and mm-hmm. in, the, in the interviews mm-hmm. for the documentary was that Wade Robson was like, oh, I didn't know until I was, like, well into my 30s that what me and Michael Jackson were, were was doing was wrong. What? And that, and that gave me great pause. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, as a child, I think a lot of parents... That's a concern for them. It's not like a cheap concern, but like I think most parents kind of have a talk with their child. Like, did yeah. anyone touch you in your private? Mm-hmm. Did anyone touch you your here? Your no-no place. Your no, like, yeah, like... Mm-hmm. And they kind of interview their, and their and children will tell. Yeah, you yeah. know, I I understand that sometimes abusers well, will manipulate and and put the fear of God into children. Yeah. But like, I think that if you know, if as alleged, Wade Robson was being sexually abused, mm-hmm. and he said it was like they got graphic. They were like, I, you know, it was it was. Yeah. I mean, they everything. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I think uh-huh. that he would know that that was wrong oh. well before his thirties. Yeah, probably like towards his late teens when he would be beginning to you know like yeah probably even before that because then i'm but like i read that in specifically i think wade 
Robson's case is that his mom kind of softened the boundaries with him. Like there was talk where she kind of admitted that she talked to him about this is okay. Like if he does this, this is fine. Like if he touches you there, you know, don't say anything. And, you know, she had a lot more to gain in this because they don't really talk about in the articles that I read about how these people profited off of, you know, this alleged, you know, abuse agreement or whatever they call. I don't know Mm -hmm. what they call it, but like, they got cars, they got trips, they got diamonds, they got money. So they're essentially pimping out their children. Essentially. And so Wade Robson's mom actually got a visa, a resident visa to stay in the United States. And so like you moved your whole family here based off of all this stuff. So I think, you know, I mean, it's all tragic and sad. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if these, if these things really did happen, I feel horrible for the victims of it. And I think that, you know, I'm sure that Michael Jackson, if, if he did do these things, um, he had systems and structures in place to protect him and to insulate him. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know what, this man is gone. That, he's been yeah, gone for a and decade. And, and I don't know what the victims have to gain. Mm-hmm. Actually, I feel like bringing this up in this way, in this yeah. matter, yeah. actually creates more trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And, it re-victimizes um, and, and, them. and I think that because we're in such a different place culturally, mm-hmm. um, than where we were in the early uh, 90s. Mm. I don't think that, like, this documentary is even needed for a social message either. It just doesn't seem necessary. Yeah, it doesn't seem necessary. And, again, this man is dead. Like, he can't defend any of these claims. Right. And, you know, so it does seem one-sided. And we do live in this victim-believing culture Mm -hmm. that whatever they say is going to be believed by somebody. Right. And so... If they are making it up, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. And I just think that I just question why now it seems like you just want the money, you want right. the HBO check, and it just seems not right. And Oprah, girl. Okay. Well, are you upset with Oprah for taking this? A little, yeah. Okay. A little bit. Well, you know what? I kind of have, um, maybe I'm naive, but it's probably more so wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Oprah is taking the interview. Because she can kind of offer a balanced view. I think that Oprah well, is a great interviewer. Yeah. I think that Oprah will be able to challenge them on why now? What do you have to gain? What do you I have to benefit? So. Yeah. Um, I think that Oprah knows that she'll get a lot of flack for doing this. Yeah, she But I think is. that Oprah is a media mogul and mastermind, and mm-hmm. she will handle this appropriately. There's, okay. o- there's, there's only, f- there's a few people that could do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is for real, for real. This is a Barbara like, Walters, Oprah yeah, Winfrey. Whole segment. For, for real, real, for real. Yeah. Who else could do this besides Oprah or Barbara Walters? Nobody. And Barbara's retired. <laughs> she come back every now and then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Robin Roberts ain't got, she ain't up to snuff. I mean, she she almost was, but they put Robin in a bad situation with that whole Chelsea Smollett oh. interview. Because I was like, they chose she's her. she's a gay black woman. She's a gay black woman. And so I feel like he specifically chose her. Right. And she's a morning show, you know. Mm-hmm. She ain't on, you know, CNN. She, yeah, she's not an investigative reporter. Yeah. The, the nightly news is a little hard-hitting. Yeah. The morning news yeah. is more frou-frou-la. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're... We'll leave Neverland there. Yeah. If I feel the need to report further, based upon my viewing of the second <laughs> part, then we will return. But yeah. I've said what I needed to say on that thing. I know. All right, child. Well, I actually think you should uh, introduce this next category as well. So speaking of investigative reporting, Woo. 
Category is Red Table Talk. Red Table Talk. So last week we talked to you guys about the whole Jordan Woods, Tristan Thompson, Khloe Kardashian drama. <laughs> this damn family. Yeah. And so it was just a whole week of mess. Like social media blew up last week. Mm-hmm. And so as you guys know, there was an allegation that Jordan Woods, who happens to be Kylie Jenner's BFF, Kylie Jenner is Khloe Kardashian's half-sister. Khloe Kardashian's baby daddy is Tristan Thompson. There was this alleged cheating affair going on between Tristan and Jordan. Social media blew up, and people were, like went hard in the paint for one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Team Khloe or Team Jordan. And... You know, it got really nasty. It got really dirty. And so Jordan decided to go on Red Table Talk. It comes on, what, Facebook? It's on Facebook TV. I didn't even know they had, like, TV. I didn't really know. I know that the IGTV and the Facebook TV uh-huh. things are happening. Okay. I feel like there's a transition to the uh, digital social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but my understanding is that Red Table Talk was at least uh, Jada does seem to be the center of the show, uh-huh. but it also brings on Willow. It has Willow it and It brings in her mother. Jada's mom, yeah. Okay, so Jordan went on Red Table Talk on Friday, I believe. Okay. And, you know, they were going to do, like, this whole Jordan Woods breaking her silence moment. Mm -hmm. And so I was really interested to watch it. I had never watched Red Table Talk before. Me either. Yeah. And so I was really interested because also I'd never really heard Jordan speak. Mm-hmm. Like she was in that video that Kylie released when she had her baby, and that was probably my first time hearing her speak. But like I never heard right. like her talk in depth about something, and so I felt like this red red table talk was an opportunity for her to, you know, like tell her side of the story. Right. And I was interested to hear, you know, what happened. Right. And I think a lot of people were because they said that this. Um, it's probably her highest rated episode by far. Oh, she, oh Jada she got, totally knew that. Jada got like millions and millions and millions of views because um, they explained in the video that Jordan Wood's father was like the sound en- engineer right. on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which starred Will Smith. And so he, Will Smith had known Jordan her entire life. Like she, he was really be- good friends with her father. Jordan was born... Her father had recently passed. Recently, yeah, right? he passed away. Yeah, okay. and so um, Will Smith is like her godfather. Yeah, or surrogate right. godfather, I think. I don't know. And so, anyway, she's been really entrenched in the Smith family as well because she is the same age as Jaden, who was Jada Pinkett Smith's and Will Smith's son, and Kylie's ex-boyfriend. Really? Yeah, Jaden Smith dated Kylie for a little hot second. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I thought he was into boys, but that's Me a whole too. another category. Yeah. Um. So then. Jaden was the one who introduced Kylie and Jordan, and then they hit it off and became BFFs. Right. They've been BFFs for a number of years. So Jordan decides, you know, she feels comfortable with Jada. She wants to get her side of the story out. Mm-hmm. And so they sit down. They have this um, red table talk. And so when they first released the promo of it, I was like, mm, girl, I don't know. I do not know uh-huh. how this is going to go because... People were so hardcore, like one side or the other. I I did pick a side, mm-hmm. but there was it wasn't even a, a, a pick. Mm-hmm. It was like there was only one side to, to, that was right. logical. But right. Continue. And so you know, in this 
um, it's like a 30 minute video. They start with, uh, they were FaceTiming Will and he's like, you know, I just want to let you know, I love you. I support you. Right. You know, you've been our, in our lives forever and, you know, we want you to have this opportunity to use your voice mm -hmm. and, you know, tell your side of the story, get it out, you know, speak your truth, walk in it. Right. And, you know, she, you could tell she was nervous throughout the interview because I can just only imagine like the memes, social media, Instagram is like crazy right now. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I just feel like she hadn't said anything about it since it happened. And this was her opportunity. This is her first public her commentary. First public commentary on it. Like the Kardashians are tweeting and putting out videos and doing all this stuff to kind of, you know, leverage their fan base mm -hmm. to essentially attack this this young girl. Right. And so when she sits down and she starts talking, I'm like, ooh, I felt bad for this little girl. Like, I really felt bad for her. And I didn't know how it was gonna go. Sure. But the moment she started speaking I was like oh my god she acknowledged you know what went on or she talked about what went on yep. she acknowledged um, you know points where she could have made better decisions she took responsibility for her actions or lack thereof uh -huh. and she really handled it like a grown woman and she I did. gained so much respect where Jordan was in that moment. As did I. I'm looking at you in a whole new light right now. I think that she handled it beautifully. Yeah. And she handled it with maturity mm -hmm. and grace mm -hmm. and dignity. Dignity. Well beyond her years. Yeah. And well beyond that of Khloe Kardashian. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. Because she's just a trash bucket to me. I mean. But we'll get back to that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I took a lot away from it. Mm -hmm. I think that she was media trained. Mm -hmm. But this is a big deal mm -hmm. in the pop culture. Yeah. I mean, in in the grand scheme of like actual real life, this matters it's not much. Not much. Yeah. But you know, pop culture in mm -hmm. the world we, which we live, this Instagram world, this mean internet world, this is a huge scandal a huge of the yeah. year. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's only March. and it's only March. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this is a February thing. Yeah. You know, and that fucked up ass Black History Month we had. Thank <laughs> you, Jesse Smollett, for that. You fucked it all the way up. I thought that she handled it very well. Mm -hmm. Uh. But the thing is that I believed her. Yeah. But for me, basically, I'm just going to give a quick resuscitation of the facts. Yeah. She was out at the club, being young in L.A. Mm -hmm. Everybody is at the party. You mm -hmm. know, they go to somebody's house. Mm -hmm. They hop all in the driver's car. They mm -hmm. go to somebody's house. They get there. She's like, oh, snap, this is Tristan's house. Okay, cool. I know him. I know him. I'd rather be at his place than someone else's. Right. They're all up in the place, drinking, mm -hmm. partying, cool, cool. He's sitting on the couch. She's sitting on the arm of the couch. She mm -hmm. throws his legs over his legs, mm -hmm. you know, and everything's cool. She's mm -hmm. there till seven in the morning. Mm -hmm. She goes, she's like, I need to leave. The sun's coming up. And then he, she goes to leave and he kisses her on the lips. Yeah. And then she leaves. And then the next day she talks to Chloe, Courtney. No, uh, Chloe and Kylie. Chloe and Kylie. Sorry. Uh -huh. And, um, Kylie's asking her all these questions. Well, what's going on? What happened? No, That's Chloe the, was asking her. I don't know. <laughs> Chloe asking her all these questions. Uh... And then, Jordan just like, nah, it was cool, it was mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, and she didn't say anything. Right. Honestly, when I found I... out that all of this uh -huh. was over a fucking peck on the yeah, mouth, on the mouth, I was over it, and I felt yeah. like we had all been hoodwinked and bamboozled. No, I don't think so. I think, but it's so like it's so stupid mm -hmm. that I think that it actually is what happened. Yeah. 
because it doesn't seem no one will go through the lengths to make up something so lame right you know mm-hmm. like again I'm not trying to bring uh, Jesse back into it but like his <laughs> shit was so over the top it was because so, your imagination yeah. is so active you mm-hmm. do too much yeah like this was so below I, anything I expected yeah I was like well, then it must be real because this is really lame. It's really lame. It was. This is some middle school it drama. Was some, yeah. I was going to say high school, but it's middle, middle school. school. And so, yeah, like, in the, in the interview, she did drop some bombs that were a little bit subtle, but maybe not. So, she called um, Tristan Chloe's ex. And she was like, oh, I mean, baby daddy. So, I honestly, I think... Tristan and Chloe haven't been together for a while. Well, to me, that was also confusing because I texted you before uh-huh. I watched the interview and I was like, well, wait, well, how come Jordan was at a party that exactly. Chloe didn't know about? And you were like, because it was at Jordan's. And I, but I didn't, I'm thinking that, they, I'm like, I thought they lived together. At Tristan's, yeah. So if, I, if I'm your boyfriend and I am coming into town, why am I not staying at your place? Right. And you have, and I'm your baby daddy and you got my child there. Why do I have, a whole separate residence where I'm staying and I'm inviting people to the, you know, back from the club and you don't even know where I'm at. Right. Number one. Number two, when she said she spoke to Chloe the, the morning after, Chloe was asking her who was there, what was going on, what was going on. And she was like telling Chloe. So Jordan's telling Chloe, I mean, there were girls there. He wasn't all up on them. I mean, it was cool or whatever, but she didn't tell Chloe that Tristan kissed her. Because honestly, and... it wasn't worth it. I wouldn't have told Chloe's ass either. Honestly, honey. Yeah. So I mean, I'm really... Like, uh, okay, like, that's another thing. So I'm, I think that Jordan's whole reason for not telling Chloe in that moment that, hey, he kissed me, is that she said she was trying to spell, spare Chloe's feelings. Because she's already been embarrassed by this man several times. Several times. And so she doesn't want to say, hey, your baby daddy, whatever, kissed me. Because I think he kissed her because Jordan probably saw a whole lot of shit. Because some other like women, they look like they were probably like cast members of Love and Hip Hop. I couldn't really tell. (laughs) But they were like commenting on um, Instagram and Mm -hmm. Twitter like, oh, I've been to Tristan's parties Mm -hmm. and I know what go down there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that yeah. your theory is probably correct. She, yeah. Jordan saw some things. She saw some things. And, and Jordan, Tristan was like, yeah, Tristan. Oh, oh shit. Let me, you know, do something so I can hold it over Jordan. Mm-hmm. So that in the event that she want to tell, then I can be like, okay, bitch, well, I got this on you. Right. And if you tell that, I'm going to tell this and I'm going to fuck your whole shit up. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a, you know, one right. of those situations. I don't know. I think after I have a few thoughts after watching the doc, mm-hmm. um, not the documentary, but the interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't. I did not know who Jordan was. Right. Just because I'm not of that. I couldn't. Okay. I, I couldn't care less. I'm mm-hmm. not doing a makeup. I don't mm-hmm. follow. I I don't follow any of the Kardashians on social media. You don't? No. Do I do? I follow um, all of them. Huh? I follow all of all of them. I, I I'm like I do follow Chris because she's the only one that really matters. I don't follow um Courtney because she's boring. And then, and she's the least interesting to look at. But Chris is not really a Kardashian. I mean, well, I mean, she is, she she is, but yeah. But then I only started following Kylie when she turned twenty one. No, oh. because I just felt weird about it. Well, I mean, the whole family's brand is built on exploitation. 
of themselves and their lives and, right. and, and everything. But, but going back to the Jordan Sparks thing, I think she... <laughs> Jordan, what's her, what's her? She won American Idol. <laughs> oh my God, Jordan Woods. Yeah. <laughs> going back to the Jordan Woods thing, I think that she handled herself well. She did. I, I, I honestly, the, my takeaways were mm-hmm. um, she handled herself well. I believed her. And I think that it upset the uh, Kardashian dynasty. Um, um, because I think that the Kardashians are the, the queens of Calabasas in LA mm-hmm. in the greater area. They they do have a lot of capital yeah. in the media yeah. and in entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I think that people always want to align themselves in proximity to mm-hmm. the people with power. Yeah. So whether they're right, wrong, or or or, or indifferent, mm-hmm. people are gonna cape for the Kardashians because they want to have Mm-hmm. the access to that that, that power right. bestow upon them. Right. Right. But I think that what Jordan did is she came in like the Trojan horse. She went mm-hmm. on a online Facebook show. Yeah. She had no Oprah whole segment. She had no Bravo mm-hmm. Walters. She, she she went on a new different medium. Mm-hmm. She went on a black mm-hmm. medium. Mm-hmm. Um not only was it a black medium that would um take care of her yeah. and not because I feel like if she would have went on some other news station yeah. that they would have handled her differently as a black woman oh, than Jada Pinkett did exactly. as a black woman to a black woman, mm-hmm. especially because Will Smith is her uncle. Yeah. Right. So I think that that was beautiful because I, I've seen, I can't think of any particular examples, but I've seen, you know, some white celebrities do crazy things mm-hmm. and then get in an interview and thrown softball questions. Yeah. Um, was Jordan throwing some softball questions? She was. She was. She was. But why should she not also be afforded that opportunity? Yeah. To 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 write her own narrative mm-hmm. in a way that is affirming, non-judgmental, mm-hmm. and um, in nurturing. Yeah. yeah but still getting at the information. Yeah. And Jada asked the pertinent question that I really cared about: Did you have sex with him? Well, you know, she it, did, but Jordan's answer was that I was never in a, in a room alone with him. I was like, ooh. Well. And there's a lot in between sex and a peck on the lips. Sure. So I was like, mm, okay. But I still, I don't want to cast doubt on her story. So I do think that she's telling the truth. Yeah. And I mean, she has some cute shade. She was like, mm-hmm. I don't want her situation. I don't want her situation. I don't yeah. think anyone wants her situation. Nobody. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm seeing a, a, a upstart internet digital based media company get something this high profile mm-hmm. and do well with it. I hope that more and better good things will come to Jada and her yeah. family through Red Table Talk. Mm-hmm. And that was the first Red Table Talk I've ever seen. Yeah, it's probably the last one I'm going to watch. But no, me too. Uh, I do think that in this situation, Jordan proved her maturity. Sure. Like you said, like she handled it like a grown woman. Th- mm-hmm. And you got Chloe out here, Malika, Kim was posting and tweeting and throwing quote-unquote subliminal shade. But they're you know well into their 30s almost 40 right. you got Larsa Pippen who was old enough to be Jordan Wood's mother right out here talking to the media and the press and saying all kinds of things but this 21 year old girl or young woman black young black woman young black woman taught you all a lesson in humility dignity and maturity right and that just taught me a whole lot like yeah she's 21 mm-hmm. and um chloe you're 34 yeah and again what it shows me is that how society puts a a, a burden 
on on black youth mm-hmm. to have to always be mature by, beyond the years to always have to assume accountability mm-hmm. when they're not even accountable honestly mm-hmm. i did have a problem with parts of the interview because i felt like jada was making jordan acknowledge where she was wrong and mm-hmm. honestly i don't think jordan did anything wrong i think that she's I, a young girl who's 21 I, she went to uh she uh, went to the club she's uh, allowed to do that she went to an after party she's uh, allowed to do that my thing is is hey Tristan was on the after party. She knows him. Why wouldn't she go? Yeah, she felt you know? comfortable. And she was I, there drinking, hanging out. Uh-huh. You know, she threw her, her legs over his legs. But okay, to me, that's not the indicative one. of anything. She stayed there till 7 a.m. in the morning. A whole bunch of people were staying here. There was other yeah. people still there. Again, the party was popping. What did she do wrong? My thing the is, one. why are we blaming a young black woman uh-huh. instead of putting the blame on... He acted upon he, her. Yeah. Tristan kissed her. Yeah. She didn't kiss him back. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Like, black my, women are disregarded and everything's put on them. Chloe, a 34 year old woman, mm-hmm. does not have to acknowledge that where she went wrong, that her predicament is of her own doing. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel bad for Chloe whatsoever. Well, not at all. I'm going to challenge you here because I do think the one thing, the and this is the one thing I think Jordan did wrong in this. Uh-huh. She said she talked to, to Chloe and Kylie the next day. Right. And she said she did not tell them about that kiss. Right. And I, I feel like that's where she went, went wrong because that not telling them, you know, the entire truth is where you everything like kind of snowballed. Yeah. And it looked like, okay, well, you're not telling me this. Why not? And so, well, you know, but that, I, that, my perception, no, 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 no. she probably knows that family better than we do. Right. right? But, but I, I, my perception mm-hmm. that they're, they're a treacherous family. They're treacherous people. No, no, and no. And they're not nice. And I That's think fine. that her telling, if she would have told them the very next day, it mm-hmm. would have been no different but, than if she would have just kept it and tried to die down. And no, again, I but, think that she really was trying to save Chloe. And that's, yeah, I believe that she was trying to save and spare Chloe's feelings. But when you tell the truth, you only have to tell it one time. Mm-hmm. And your reaction to my truth has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with how your previous experiences have informed your reaction. Right. And so if I tell you your baby daddy kissed me. Yeah, I was at I went to the after party at his house. Yeah, I was there till 7 a.m. That has nothing to do with anything else. But your baby daddy kissed me. That's it. And like, not for nothing. I don't have yeah, I'm telling you the truth. I only have to tell it one time. And not for nothing. So when they when she did not tell her the truth, then she then that brings in the question of well, what, what else, else are you hiding? Showing the truth about? Yeah, I get it, I, and I can see that. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of her, and I, I, I would actually agree with you there. Oh. I think that she had, she was not wrong for going there because no. she, she's like the first thing I did wrong mm-hmm. was going there. No, no, no. honey, Mm-mm. you can go party and, yeah. and, and, and turn and, up. And turn up. Yeah, and she's like the second thing I did bad was like putting my legs on his. No, 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 no honey. No, no. You wanted to rest your legs. He yeah. should have just let you sit on he a lazy boy recliner. Thank you. And give him a woman. Seat. Thank you. Yeah. And she's like, and then I stay there till too early in the morning. Everybody, mm-hmm. it was other people there. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. you did nothing wrong, nothing. sweetheart. You did nothing wrong because, again, why should she have to accept accountability mm-hmm. for just being a, a, a normal person? Black, right. uh, she's a young black girl. She can't be out here doing what everyone else does right. because it's different implications. Right. And that is the problem mm-hmm. the difference of expectation. Mm-hmm. Why does Chloe have higher expectations of? her little sister's best friend that she does with a man who puts his penis on her and gave her a baby. Mm-hmm. Think about that, bitch. Yeah, yeah. And I do think, yeah, Chloe, it was a little bit. Because, you know, I don't like her. And not for nothing, I think that Chloe played herself. Because you she know what, did. Chloe? 
not for nothing, I think that you were a favorite among the black community. She was. I think that you kind of had a little bit of clout she because did. she seemed the most yeah, real. And we also pitied you because you were a little ugly. But, Ooh, I was going to say thick, but... But, no, I can say it. Oh. I mean, she a little Miss Picky in the face. Stop. But what I'm saying is, is I think that this, this family has a history time and again of doing shit. Mm-hmm. And then when this shit comes back to them, now it's a problem. They're ex- they always they can exploit black people and they can well, put black people in, mm-hmm. in 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 bad positions. You know what I'm saying? Well, but then, then they want to be absolved. My thing is, she came out the gate mm-hmm. on Twitter. Jordan tore apart my family. You're the reason. You're the reason my yeah. family's not together. No, honey, your family was broken before your water broke. Okay. Oh. Blue. Child, your family was broke before before the fucking sperm even hit the egg. Don't yeah, try to act brand new out that's here. True. Like c- claim accountability for your yeah. shit. There, sh- there was a clear accountability issue, and George, uh, Tristan was not being held accountable, and that's a part of the toxic media. masculinity. But not it for nothing. Is, but I also feel like Chloe was in her feelings, and I do understand that. No, you but know, Jordan. Yeah, but Jordan, get the, Jordan didn't get the chance to be in her feelings. Black people can never be in their feelings, and that's the part of the problem. I, Honestly, she didn't again, have the chance to be in her feelings. She was. I and think Chloe should have been happy it was I, Jordan. Honestly, exactly. not for nothing. She should have been happy it was Jordan because mm-hmm. Jordan. If it hadn't been Jordan, it would have went further. Mm-hmm. And the reason that she was all up in Jordan's face the next day asking about what was going on is because she Cause knew she what the hell knew. was going she on. She already knew. Yeah, and that's the thing. And so that she played herself. She played herself, but I do. I feel like there's multiple levels to it because I do feel like Jordan, because she does have such a history with this family. I do feel like she was trying to spare Chloe's feelings. So you damned if you do, you damned if you damned, don't. Yeah, and so that's why I would have told the truth, like right then and there. Like, look, girl, you know, you like my sister. This is what happened. I think the most telling part of the whole interview was um, when Jada asked, "Have you talked to Kylie?" Because Kylie's her best friend, right? And I think she said, "I talked to Kylie right before I came here." Mm-hmm. So I think that they'll be okay, right? Because I. You know, given all of the circumstances of like their family and their relationships and all the stuff they already knew about this Tristan guy, right? Like, I think they'll be okay. Like, Chloe has been in her feelings for a while, and Black Twitter got her all the way together. And so, at like, I think on Saturday, she came out with, Listen, you know, I was, you know, in my feelings, and I feel like she's allowed to feel that. For a certain amount of time. She'll come to her senses, which I think she's already starting to. But no, I disagree. No, she, uh, she's allowed to be in her feelings. But what mm-hmm. she's not allowed to do, mm-hmm. and what is not right of her to do, mm-hmm. is to, as a 34-year-old woman, come at this 21-year-old black woman like that. Right, and, and I different. think she learned her lesson. And it's, it's not cool. It's and not. it's not. Because it's not. my thing is, is she doesn't understand the real implications that that mm-hmm. has emotionally on this young girl. And and that's another thing. And this is probably the best. And it's best. exploitative and it's fucked up. It is. And this is the biggest thing I took from that, inter- from that interview is when Jordan said that she had people, you know, coming at her on social media and she had people texting her or not even texting her, just like posting on social media about the situation. And she's like, I thought you were my friend. Mm-hmm. And she said that you had my number. You could call me. You could have sent me a mean text, mm-hmm. but you chose to post online about me. Right. And I feel like for Jordan, this is a big lesson. And she's learned who you 
can and cannot trust. Because you know what, culturally too, uh-huh. I think black people, we grow up a certain way. Your mother always say, you know, don't be putting our business out in the street. Out in the streets. What happens in our house stays in our house. Uh-huh. And if you want to settle something, you settle it privately. Yeah. But you have to understand the Kardashians as a family have earned, created their empire and earned their fame by exploiting every single thing that happens in their life. Right. You know? But... And again, like... For me, like when like when Kim was robbed in Paris, that's mm-hmm. so tragic, and I would never like that's like I was so sad. I cried right. for her. I was like, that's mm-hmm. just horrible. Mm-hmm. And when people were like making costumes about it and joking it, I was like, mm-hmm. that's not cool because this woman was seriously in a real violent situation where mm-hmm. she could have lost her life. Right? Mm-hmm. That's like that's too far. Mm-hmm. But you know, like because and they are real people. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I think they're so used. They're so used to running to social media and and, and casting their drama yeah. in their dirty laundry. Where I think mm-hmm. culturally, black people, we don't put our dirty laundry out there. Right. We keep it very tight and mm-hmm. close. And if we got a beef, mm-hmm. we gonna handle it behind closed doors. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think that. But and in Chloe's like, well, you could have called me, Jordan. And Jordan's mm-hmm. like, I did try to reach out to you. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I think that. But Jordan knew who she was dealing with. Yeah. And she had to use the medium. Of the Red Table Talk. Mm-hmm. And I think that the public consensus following it was yeah. just like, I think the people really do believe her. The people are for Jordan. Team Jordan, justice for Jordan is the new hashtag. Mm-hmm. And I do think that this is going to be a big life lesson for her. And it's going to teach her a lot of things about just human nature. And I do think that she's going to look at these people who were making these comments and posting these tweets and doing all this stuff, she's going to look at them a lot differently. And I think that, give it a few months, I think that she and Kylie are going to be fine. Sure. I think that eventually, you know, like she said, there would probably be some boundary issues with Chloe. Sure. But I think they'll be fine. I just I just think that, girl, you can tense for the week because you handled it like a real bitch. Right. And like a grown woman and... You know, you did the damn thing. And I think that coming out of that interview, the entire world, or Black Twitter specifically, has a whole different appreciation and respect for you. I, I know that I do. Yeah. Because you know what? It also didn't feel like she felt authentic. She felt mm-hmm. genuine. She still had the best. She's even throughout the entire course mm-hmm. of the interview and defending herself mm-hmm. and trying to absolve herself, mm-hmm. she still had their best interest in her. Yeah. Yeah, and that shows loyalty because she could have dragged she if she really have, wanted to, she right? Really wanted to, but it was just I don't think that's in her heart or her spirit. Yeah, she ain't no Black China. We all saw what it was with Black China, right? You yes. know what I'm saying? Like Jordan, if she was a certain type of chick, mm-hmm. she could have tried to spin this into yeah. her own reaction, her you know, own, yeah. her own opportunity. But mm-hmm. I really think that she did care about them. She mm-hmm. was. It was genuine. It was real. Yeah. And not for nothing, I also noticed a difference in the Jenner children versus the Kardashian children. Yes. I think that because the the Kardashian girls uh-huh. are kind of the ones who propelled them into this fame, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The three, Chloe, Courtney, and, and Kim. Yeah, more so. Kim. They were the ones that kind of like really mm-hmm. propelled the family earlier mm-hmm. on because the other ones were really tiny. Yeah, they were uh, young. When it first happened mm-hmm. or came on the scene. So I think that the younger ones are a little bit more accustomed to the lifestyle and mm-hmm. the fame. Mm-hmm. And they're not as caught up in keeping up yeah. with the Kardashians. Okay. Because well, they're, they, they're not Kardashians. Because they're not Kardashians, but they still, what they grew up in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Where I think, whereas I think, like, like you know, the Kardashians, mm-hmm. Kim and them didn't. They were just kind of like they were well to do, but mm-hmm. they weren't in the public eye as right. much. So I think that for me, the most relatable of the Kardashian Jenners are both Kendall and Kylie. I feel like they're kind of like they kind of rebuff mm-hmm. all this social media. I think okay. that. Well, they were the only two that did not unfollow right. or block Jordan. 
Right. Well, I think like with other Kardashians, it's, it's this formula and mm-hmm. this 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 bullying, and I think that that's kind of trending out. Yeah. Kim mm-hmm. needs to understand like their times done sunset Soon. girl it's sunset honey yeah. it's sunset mm-hmm. yes i also i also heard another uh, interesting uh theory is that chloe is in talks to be the next bachelorette oh bitch please <laughs> next <laughs> thank you next and so they're trying to you know use this whole thing to are you serious that's what i heard now they now the creator or director or somebody of the bachelorette so they're gonna have all black contestants probably so the creator or whoever, producer or whatever of The Bachelor on ABC, mm. he and Chloe did kind of go back and forth on Twitter about something or whatever. She, I don't know. It was a whole big thing. But um, but yeah, I think that Chloe and Tristan were not together. And then this situation happened and then Chloe got in her feelings about it. And then she was like, I was betrayed. So then, my question is: I wanted to ask she betrayed you about herself. this, but I wanted to ask you about this. Like, what is betrayal? <sighs> betrayal it, d- it depends. Betrayal mm-hmm. is circumstantial. Okay. But, but to me, betrayal is when I have a connection and bond with someone, and there is a clearly defined expectation due to the role or the nature of our relationship. Okay. And betrayal to me is when someone does something so egregious mm-hmm. and hurtful that we cannot mend or reconcile the harm. Like, it's, 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 it's irreconcilable. We cannot okay. mend the harm that they've caused. There's no coming back from that. And the part, again, that kills me for this is this is all of this for a peck on the lips. Right. You know? That's it? You know? Now, if Jordan was walking around here talking about she was pregnant with Tristan's baby, then now I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Now, that's betrayal. That's a betrayal. But it's like, come on, sis. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, well, I'm done with that. Yeah. Don't fight, shot. Well, next category is music. You love your music here. You know, I love my music. We don't talk too much about music. But um, one of my faves, she's one of my secret faves, Mm -hmm. is none other than Solange. Solo Angel. You got to give her a full name, girl. Solange Piaget knows. Piaget, I didn't yes. know that. Piaget, you didn't know that. I did not know that. I'll get on your Wikipedia, girl. Okay, oh. <laughs> but you know, I'm a, I'm one of those bougie blacks mm-hmm. that likes brunch, that likes art museums, mm-hmm. and likes Solange. You okay. know, um, I think there is a certain segment of the black zennials yeah. mm-hmm. that. Like Solange, I don't. Get I always wrong. prefer Solange to Beyonce. Yeah, well, that's because you're a hater. I love no. <laughs> I love Beyonce, but to me, to try to compare them is just in, so incomprehensible. Different. Yeah, they're so different. You don't compare them. Mm-hmm. I love both of the Knowles children. What yeah. Beyonce does is she's great at. Mm-hmm. But I think that Solange made the strategic and artistic decision uh-huh. to kind of differentiate herself from Beyonce. Right. But I think the okie doke is is that (laughs) not for nothing. I think that Beyonce gains a lot of her inspiration and artistic ideas from Solange. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. There would the Beyonce lemonade would not have happened without Solange. Point blank, period. I Mm -hmm. say that Mm -hmm. lemonade would not have happened without Solange. The imagery, Mm -hmm. the 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 styling. Solange is very artistic Mm -hmm. um, in that way, and being a bougie black. I like her stuff. Now, okay. this, this album I've been playing when I get home a lot. Mm-hmm. And for me, it is a good album. It's 
Okay. It is not for everyone. It is art. Okay. It has about like it has a lot of tracks. It's got a lot of tracks. It's like like well. almost twenty tracks. Mm-hmm. But I kind of appreciate it because it is kind of a um, an ode, if you will, to Janet Jackson because there's a lot of interludes. Okay. And if you know anything about Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. or at least to me, the, one of the most important top five albums in my life. Okay. Is Janet Jackson. Which one? Guess. Um, Velvet Rope? Yes. Okay. The Velvet Rope is one of the most important albums for me. And in that album, there's a lot of interludes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of interludes in this album. But the entire album, from beginning to end, flows. You kind of like, you don't know where the song right. ends. Right, and the next one right. Begins. I like that, yeah. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a couple standout songs that I really do appreciate. But the thing I always like about Solange is that she has this high art Mm-hmm. approach to it right mm-hmm. and it's not accessible for everyone because some people really just don't understand it um, but it's not meant for you to understand I think that it is a little bit more intellectual mm-hmm. it's a little bit more um, subversive Okay. It's, but that's what she does and she yeah, does it very well she does, yeah. um, and it's not kitschy her music is very political it's very personal i think that overall it's a really good album but it is not her best work i do think that she for me at this point Mm -hmm. because i'm still sitting with it okay it's not better than the seat at the table i think that what she did with the second project and not again it's not the second project but again because i'm not trying to discount her earlier albums Mm -hmm. you know um like you know Solange and the Halley Street Dreams. Because that was her work and that was a part of her artistic development. Mm -hmm. But I think that The Seat at the Table was really like a marker in really establishing Solange as a serious artist. Okay. um, Both visually and sonically. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it was a tough act to follow. Now the problem is, is that I think that her music is very political and her music is also very visual. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that but the promise, of, I think, that in the second project is that she focused a little bit too much on the visual mm-hmm. um, amalgamation or uh, growth of her album, you know, with the black panel integration, and the, digi- the digital music. Mm-hmm. And like when you look at it on Spotify, like the different graphics that come in. I don't have Spotify. Okay, well, I do. But it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like she pays attention to that kind of detail. Okay. And, it's, and it's crisp and it's clean and, and it's, it's right. art. It's high art. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I said, like the Avenel, it looked like as soon as I saw it, I was like this is Solange. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that that she can have that mm-hmm. in my mind space yeah. is is impressive. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is music. Yeah. And it's but, a recording artist. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the songs lacked a little bit of soulfulness. Um, so many of the songs were kind of cacophonous, and um, was just noise. Okay. But I think that it's also intentional. Her, so- it's not a Beyonce album. You're not going to be able to sing along to it or twerk to or twerk to it. Mm-hmm. Well, some things you can. But I think that her music is on this album, as opposed to Cranes in the Sky, not Cranes in the Sky, sorry. It's a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. They both were political. Um, they had their points of view. But it's just to me, the the falsetto singing on this album is just a little weaker. It just lacks a certain soulfulness okay. that is analogous with blackness to me. Okay. I and have but, not listened to the album. You should. Well, I just feel like it's going to be the soundtrack of the next season of Insecure. So <laughs> I'm going to just wait well, to hear be. it then. Well, you do know she's a music director for Insecure. Exactly. With uh, Raphael Sadiq. Mm-hmm. And she works with Raphael Sadiq on a lot of her projects. Exactly. So I'm going to wait till Insecure season what, four so, come out. Mm-hmm. I think Solange is actually, and I dare I say it, uh-huh. and, and Beehive come sting me up. They will. But I do think that Solange is the the more formidable artist. Of the I two sisters. Say, I think that Beyonce is the entertainer. 
Beyonce is the entertainer, no doubt. No doubt. I think Solange is the more creative one. Absolutely. Because I feel like Beyonce has a whole team. She has all these people who come up with these ideas and these interpretations. And even like I said to you, I was like, which you didn't even notice. I did not. Oh, that's Be- Alvin Ailey. <laughs> yeah. So back to the Alvin Ailey. Um, in Revelations, the part with the umbrella. Wade in the water. Yeah, the Wade in the water part with the umbrella. I told you that Beyonce, you know, was inspired by right. that. And she used that like way back in the day in like the Destiny's Child um, tour like in a long time ago. And so you're like, oh my God, what, what? I and so know. when I sent you the video, she has on the white, she's carrying the umbrella. They're doing the same like right. motions across the stage movements. and movements. And so, yeah, so I feel like Solange inherently is more creative than Beyonce because I feel like what Solange produces is entirely Solange. Well, I think uh, the reasoning think- why is I think that Beyonce is much more backward looking because she's very referential mm-hmm. whereas I think that Solange a lot of her artistic um, viewpoints uh-huh. are based in Afrofuturism right, which doesn't refer to the past right. it's, it's, it's very forward looking so it, it's, more cre- it's more creative in that sense right. it, it exists in her yeah. mind space not yeah. in her mind's eye right and I also think that well her mind space what's that Like you know, you know what I'm trying to say uh-huh. and I also think that the hurricane's kicking it it is you need to pump the brakes on <laughs> but I also think that um, to me Solange is the more attractive one because I feel like Solange and Beyonce they have you know the same DNA they look mm-hmm. ex- they look the same They're clearly sisters but Solange's features I feel are more exaggerated like she has the bigger lips she has a bigger nose She's the, she has the, those the beautiful doughy big eyes. brown eyes mm-hmm. and she so looks I, like a deer yeah and so I feel like that her visual is more striking than Beyonce's to me her visual is more odd uh Striking. Striking. But again, like, I think Beyonce is probably classically the more pretty one. But again, but she does the more classic mainstream thing. I Mm -hmm. think that both women have found their niche. I think that both of their art is very valid. It has their own lanes Mm -hmm. and allows for both of them to exist. Okay. Because at one point, I felt like Solange was very much trying to do what Beyonce, or at that time, Destiny's Uh, Child was doing. Very often. Well, she wrote a lot for them. Back in the day when she was a a dancer for them. Mm -hmm. And and this is some children. I'm going back to the. Latoya and Latavia days, yeah. the early DC four mm-hmm. before Farrah and Michelle, mm-hmm. and then just Michelle. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, you know it was going to be hard for her to create right. that. You can't have two sisters in that lane, Doing right? The same thing, yeah. I, only, only, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but only star mega stars I know that were kind of like in that pop lane mm-hmm. together were Michael and Janet Jackson. And Janet. Uh, that, okay. that, and I, um, again, okay. Janice is my favorite Jackson. You know, mm-hmm. I will say that. And we got to get ready to go to see her in her Vegas residency. Yeah, yes. But the fact that Janet Jackson was able to do what she did, mm-hmm. being Michael Jackson, the biggest pop star in the world, the Ever. king yeah. of pop, mm-hmm. the fact that Janet Jackson was able to build the career that she has Even is, do in, anything. Yeah. Is, is, is beyond impressive. Yeah. Honestly, like you have to Basically. give Janet her props. Janet yeah. has hits, catalogs. Mm-hmm. That is a real a residency. Real, yeah. Not like this little uh, Cardi B, Drake, J-Lo shit y'all talking. Okay. Loop. But congratulations to Solange. Yes. Um, it's, so, a, it's, a, it's a nice album, but uh-huh. to me, it still does not top Seat at the Table. And Cranes in the Sky, again, I know I was having this conversation with someone else. Mm-hmm. There's certain artists where I feel like they have their best song, mm-hmm. and it's it happens at certain points in their career. Right, right. And they just can't undo it. For mm-hmm. example, Britney Spears. 
Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Britney Spears' best song is Toxic. Britney uh, Spears will never have a better song than Toxic. Hit me, baby, one more time. Oh, better song a, or more. A better song. Okay, okay. Toxic okay. is Britney Spears' best song. Uh, Where's the okay. lie? Where's the lie? Uh, it's one of the best. Of new, but come on. Like most recognizable? Or? Most recognizable, most commercial success, best written, best to dance to, when you get out on the that's floor. A lot of different categories. I mean, come on. You know, like that's her best song. Okay, but. You know, like. So with Solange and. Um, oh, I just want to have one more example. Um, Ariana Grande. Mm. Thank You Next is her best song. Ever? Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see her. I don't see her out doing it in the near future. You know she got a new coffee coming out at Starbucks? What? Yes, girl. Get you a is it cloud pink? Um, something. It's called a cloud espresso or something. Latte. latte. You got to get in a grande size? Yes. <laughs> yes. I have a grande grande. Can you get a grande Ariana? Right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But again, Cranes in the Sky, I think that was it was a masterpiece mm-hmm. for Solange. Um, okay. I don't. To me, there's no song on this album that mm-hmm. that is better than Cranes in the Sky. So, Seat at the Table or When you when I Get Home, which one's better? They're both really impressive works of art. Uh-uh. A Seat at the Table. Okay. Speaking of someone who needs to have a seat, that takes us to our next category. Ooh. Wendy Williams, honey. Oh, child. Why has she been sitting on her back at her house? Basically. Laid up for the past month? Yes. Aunt Wendy has been on Sick and Shut In for like almost 50 days. Since Christmas time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Child. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that she was Oh, that's um, more than 50 days then. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Honestly, I think with, you know, Aunt Wendy. She got a lot going on. She does. You know, once she had that uh, Chris, uh, Halloween time when she did the whole faint and drop <laughs> in, the, in the Statue of Liberty. That was like outfit. two years ago. But still, I think that since then, that's when, like, speculation started kind of mm-hmm. raising. Because then they're like... Is she, she back on the cocaine? Right. And, and Hot Topics, she uh-huh. would, like, be slurring her words. She always does, though. But then she would also, like, lose her train of thought. And I then they brought up that, that gay black guy, the producer, and they have gave him a little booth. And he basically... Really? He was, like, some... I don't know what his name is. Uh-huh. But he was a producer on the show. He's a black gay guy. He had glasses. He's, like, a little bit darker than my complexion. Okay. Short hair. Mm-hmm. But he would, like... They brought him out and gave him like a little station. And whenever Wendy would like couldn't keep up, he would kinda like pick up for her. Like the move. dude on Ellen. I don't watch. I don't fuck oh, with Ellen. Okay. But like he would like move the show along. Yeah. It's a, there's a guy on Ellen who kinda does the same. Um, but I feel like with Wendy, she has like that earpiece in, so I think they're talking to her in the ear. Right. And she pauses she always has these awkward pauses. Uh-huh. So I think she's listening to what they're saying in the ear. Right. And then she'll like say what they tell her. Right. And so that's, you know, goes back to her background because she's from radio. Mm -hmm. And so she's used to just being on the air with some headphones and just talking. But, you know, when you have the people talking to you in your ear, she's like, oh, wait, what are you saying? Okay, I have to say that. Oh, okay. Uh, Awkward pause. Which I get. I think that a lot of people just found that the timing of this was convenient because of the whole private investigator that's following her. Husband, husband for a year when he yeah. had a house down the street with his whole mistress. Yeah, didn't have a baby. They surely did. Mm. And you know, like it's like when do you talk and you drag everybody else? Everybody else. But uh how come you not a hot topic? But I think it's unfair for people to expect her to make herself a hot topic. Like well, no one's gonna talk else hot topic. But no one is going to air their own dirty laundry. But here's the thing. She should have. And so what you, you what what, what, I always no. learned, you front the bad. 
pretty much you control the narrative. Yeah, you control the narrative, and so can't no other bitch read you with your own tea. Like right. if you if she went out there and said, "This is what it is. My husband got a whole nother mistress." I'm good with it. Because she kept saying today, I still got my ring on. I still got my ring on. Bitch, that ring don't mean shit. You still got them two big uh, silicone titties in that horrible bob. <laughs> Looking like your back hurt. It does. Oh, she should have came back with a reduction. Yeah. And so, and that ring is gaudy, by the way. Gaudy. Too. She's a big woman, so she needs a big rock. Her hand can handle it, believe but me. But it's gaudy at the same time. But she ain't got no dainty hand. No. She's a big lady. Yeah. She looked like a man, too. But Don't do that. okay. I mean, she just she has she, she has harsh lines. Features. Features. I mean, and I would so kill for her jawline. Her rant today, because it was a rant, because she was talking about all this random shit. Like she was talking about the sun and then how many doctors she has. Right. And then her vertigo. Her vertigo. Her grave disease. Her how much she works out each day. And she was like, I work out two hours two hours a day. I was like, Wait, and you ain't lost no weight. She's no, she had lost weight since the show, show, show she first said she started. Hasn't, she said she hasn't gained the pounds. I mean, I'm like, all her that, weight is in her breasts. Like, she honestly, well, she's like a rail. She got like 1,200 cc's in each boob. That's not she needs to go on botched. She does, because yeah. that can't be. Yeah, it's not healthy. You think it's under the muscle? I think it's on top. It's probably on top silicone high profile. Mm. That means it projects out further. Right. We watch a lot of botch. Okay. <laughs> but um, it's a lot that you were trying to not say in all of that. Like, you should have just, you know, had your red table talk moment and right. just spoke the entire truth. Because now people are still looking at you like, like, what was you talking about? Like, what were you saying? And, and all the over trash ass Kevin. And it's like, you know, I, I think there's people, you know, she's talked about her drug abuse and, you know, and just to give you guys some history, I grew up in the South Jersey area. Mm-hmm. Wendy used to do the radio here in Philly, up on um, mm-hmm. off of the Broad and mm-hmm. Red Line Road. Was that <laughs> Ooh, up, up there Red Line Jun- Road? Up on Town. I think it's Red Lion. Red Lion Road. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a studio up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget, you guys can YouTube it. It's an infamous interview where she interviews Whitney Houston. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and I remember driving and hearing that interview live. And yes. Whitney Houston got her together. All she's the like, way together. She's like, don't make me come down to Philly and whoop your ass, yeah. Wendy. But mm, I, I think, think they were both high. Yeah, but like, and that was at, and, and Wendy was using at that time. Mm-hmm. So was Whitney. And so was Whitney. Mm-hmm. That was the height of Whitney and Bobby. Wow. But it was just like, Bobby. I think that, you know, and I'm glad that Wendy's gotten herself together and gotten clean, alleged, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> okay. Um, But, I think that, um, you know, she, she, she's been harsh to people. Because sometimes, you know, I get that yeah. she's in entertainment news and reporting. Mm-hmm. But she she takes a little far. Way too you know, far And a lot of people, you know, now we say, how you doing? But the how you doing was a derogatory thing to start mm-hmm. with Wendy. And Wendy can be, she, her, she started in radio in a very nasty place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not hating for her. Because she's gotten to mainstream success. She has a television she show. Yeah, and she's, you know, her. she's a daytime girl. I'm happy for her. But like, let's not fake the funk and act like chickens can't come to roost because yeah. she's she's she has she said her nasty ways. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. But I think that you know, you know, she was alleged to have been in a drug, you know, drug abuse mm-hmm. and in a physically abusive relationship yeah. with her husband. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to comment on that. Again, I don't expect the woman to air her own dirty laundry. But again, I think that I... it would have just been more advantageous for her too. Yeah, I probably would have given the people something. Right. Like, 
just something. Or it's like, well, when's she coming back? Because yeah, it's just like, she kept it's having, the Wendy Williams show. Because they kept extending, right. extending, extending. Oh, you had that white boy. Uh, what was his name? That was... Um, Ryan Reynolds. Not Ryan Reynolds. It was the guy... Um, God, what is his name? Sam somebody? Mm-hmm. He was the guy from... He was on... Oh, God. What was he on? He used to be a VJ. I, I just know they had Nick Cannon. They had Kiki Palmer. And they had... God, what was his name? He's married to... It starts with a J, I feel like. Is it? I don't know. It doesn't know. matter. Yeah. All right, well, that's all we have to say about Wendy. Any more categories for the week? I think that's it for the I week. I think we're all dried out. All... <laughs> Speak for yourself. Bitch. Ooh, bitch. <laughs> Lubricated <laughs> Astroglide. Uh-uh, what is it, 1976? <laughs> Listen, Barbara Walters used it. It <laughs> Nasty. She's dry. That's a lot. She old too. She old. That's her favorite. So, child, I have one little quick category. I'm just gonna slide it in because you know Ooh. I was looking through the blogs, Nasty. and I'm so happy to see that Ariana's ex, Pete Davidson, is not like depressed and ready to you know get like 302. Is that the number? What for what? Like the suicide number. Oh, uh, we call it 1068 down south. Oh, 1068. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad that he's in a, in a, in a good mind space. Okay. And he's found, some, he's found some some older woman <laughs> to keep him comfort. <laughs> but I must I mean... say, Kate Beckinsale, she, she played in some action movie that I liked. Was she the one in that movie with the zombies and, like, everybody was dying? I, I don't know. It was kind of like, there was an action movie with Charlize Theron. No, that's not the But one that's not the one. About. But there's the one with Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale is this hot, older... She's British. British woman. She's 45. But now she's dating the Pete Davidson. And I'm looking at the two of them, <laughs> and Pete Davidson's really not that cute. Like, his eyes, he look like... He looks like dead in the eyes. But he's like, he's like dark circles around his eyes. He doesn't have good bones. He's just, he's, he's not a good guy. But I must say, he does have the BDE. The what? The BDE. What is that? The big dick energy. <gasps> I just feel like he has it. And I'm just, I feel like just, Kate just wants to have some fun. She wants um, to, she wants to get with a, with a man who's young enough to be her son. And why do you think he has that? You, Cause you know what? It's like, well, what do women see in him? Cause looking he's at the funny, face, I don't see it. But he's funny. But he's, he's on not, Saturday Night Live. But he's not. And you know how women say, he just makes me laugh. Mm-mm. Maybe it's that. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh. Cause men don't say that. Gay men don't say that. We don't give a fuck about laughs. There's like two to things laugh. we give a fuck about. Nasty. I'm just saying. Okay. But I, he gives he gives that energy. That's all really? I'm saying. Really? Mm, I feel it. I, I I feel it. Did Ariana say anything about that? She she alluded to it. Really? Mm-hmm. But I just wonder how. Um, I'm just all here for the for the old the older woman getting her things. I mean, enjoying herself. I don't because they're both at s- their peaks. I saw that picture of them kissing at like the hockey game. And one of my friends texted me and she was like, how much did he pay her for all of that? And I said, not enough. Well, does she have a project coming out of something? Does she need some, some shine too? I mean, he just look a mess. Like, he looks like he's coked out or he something. Do. He do. And I'm just like, um, Kate Beckinsale, I know you're not popping like that anymore. So maybe you're trying to, you know, up your profile with this, but... Maybe. See, what he should have did is he should have, like, went totally left with it and got, like, he he should have fucked up Ariana's whole shit, right? How? He could have... Uh-huh. What you thinking? No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I, see, I'm thinking he should have went with, like, 
a Yara Shahidi. But see, Yara ain't gonna mm. go for that. Yara, Yara, ain't, Yara, that. Yara ain't going mm. for that. Yara no. ain't going for that, right? Mm. But Yara is like, I'm, I'm like, thinking he would have probably it would have been a mind fuck to Ariana if he would hooked up with like this fly young hip black chick. No, but again, Yara's Yara like, Yara ain't Yara here ain't, for that. She is not here for she it. Yeah, what Harvard. She She's is like babysitting Malia, but I, but, and she is. But not. you, but you see where I'm coming from. Ariana yeah. would have been, Ariana been in her field. She's been fucked all she the way been up. All the way, well, yeah. you know she's trying to get back with um, Big Sean. Is she? Yeah, you ain't seen him in the car. Mm-mm. Yeah, so they met up at like the recording studio. Really? Yes, and they was like driving off together and stuff. And it's... it was right after um, Big Sean broke up with um, the groceries girl, Janae Eagles. Her. Yeah, yeah, that one. And so they just broke up, so they on the rebound, and she mentioned mm. him in the song. Because if you noticed in the Thank You Next video, you know she had like that burn book? Mm-hmm. And so she had Big Sean's picture, and she was like, something, something, something. But then the last line on his page was like, he could still get it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I did not notice that. You didn't pick, pick that? No. Yeah, so I think that... She wins, like if she getting back with Big Sean, because the people say that Big Sean is Big Sean, if you know what I'm saying. I don't receive that. No, Mm-mm. I can see that, and I, I and I'm a good uh, gauger of these things. <laughs> That's all. All right. Well, that was category is. <laughs> Let's get into. I, I said, said what, what I, I said. said. So my I said what I said for this week is. Based off of a little what happened this weekend. So mm-hmm. I think I told you guys in the beginning that it was me and my boyfriend's um, anniversary weekend. And so I'm a planner and I try to plan out like, you know, the entire night to like heighten the experience and, you know, just make it a night, you mm-hmm. know, make an event out of it, if you will. And so like I bought the tickets for Alvin Ailey, like probably like a month or so in advance. And then I was like, okay, I'm trying to figure out logistically, like, let's, you know, go to dinner, let's plan, um, you know, like, make it a whole night, like, Mm -hmm. find a restaurant, really nice restaurant in the area, within walking distance, and so, you know, we can, like, have a a meal, walk to the theater, and it'll be this, you know, experience. You know, I just go to Open Table, because that's the easiest thing. You go online, it's convenient, you go on the app. You make a reservation. And this is like a month in advance, you know. So it's like plenty of time for um, these restaurants not to be booked booked up. And so the restaurant I wanted to go to, when I got on Open Table, it was like, this restaurant does not participate in Open Table. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, I can't make a reservation online? The time comes, I forget. Oh, I have to call now. Oh, wait, I have to wait until they open. They don't open till 5. Okay, I'm coming home from work. I'm driving. Like, it was just, like, too much. And so mm. I forget. And I'm just like, okay, well. My, I say what I said is, like, I think that all restaurants should have an online reservation capability. Absolutely. Because it's convenient. It does have to be through Open Table, even if you have it through your, through their through own, website. own website, like something. Like you should be able to not have to wait until they open and then call. Because they don't answer the phone ever. They don't ever answer the phone. They're busy. Like the hostess is like on Instagram, not paying attention, and it's just like mm-hmm. I don't like dealing with people. Right. Like I don't deal with the cashiers. You know, I like a cash. <laughs> you know, I like you want a cash an automated list. process. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's simple, go on your phone, it's much less overhead because you don't have to have someone like waiting 
right you know and, and then it's so much more convenient for the for the patrons sure yeah but there's certain like restaurants like if you want Zahav you have to call like 60 days before yeah first so thing my, in the morning my, yeah so and, my, like get in <laughs> I did my birthday last summer at Zahav mm-hmm. which is this James Beard award winning Israeli Israeli um, restaurant here in Philadelphia and no lie I had to wait until midnight yes in April mm-hmm. because they don't um, open the, the reservation until two months before. So you got to wait 60 days right. before. So in April, I had to wait up till midnight. And my boyfriend's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you up so late? And I'm like, I'm trying to get this reservation <laughs> for my birthday. And he's like, your birthday is like months from now. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was a whole nother thing. That's too. a lot of so, work. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I get it. I hear yeah, you. Because I'm, I'm a reservation bitch. I'm like, yeah. I, I go to lunch with bitches. I'm like, do we have a reservation? Yeah. I don't wait. I don't, especially I don't like to wait. Yeah. a lot of these restaurants in Philly, and I think just most cities, mm-hmm. don't take reservations for brunch. Yeah. Because they want to build that, the that hype. hype. Yeah. And it's like, they want people waiting outside. Waiting outside. Let me tell you. down the street. I'm not waiting. I don't give a damn if Jesus Christ himself <laughs> is serving me pancakes. I'm not waiting At for all. nobody. Nowhere. I y'all need a reservation. I need me to be seated down. And also what I hate the restaurants do too is, is when you go to a place and you might not have a reservation, mm-hmm. or even when you do have a reservation, it happens happen to me not so much when I do have a reservation but mm-hmm. I've been told at certain busy places they'll be like you're at the table for two hours mm-hmm. I'm bitch no 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 mm-hmm. what you're not gonna do is rush me mm-hmm. cause I wanna do the full nine course tasting menu yeah that happened to me once like, and they were like don't rush me we're gonna need this table in an hour and a half can you be gone by then I was like uh, uh, can your kitchen get the food fast out fast enough okay Basically. don't rush me yeah. and that's what I hate it's like you know that's an American thing like mm-hmm. when you go to Europe you get the table a smooth like if you go to dinner at eight o'clock, they're not rushing you. That's your table. That's your night. table all night. Yeah. And you sit and you sit and you sit. Mm-hmm. But also, their waiters make a livable wage. These waiters are working on tips. They're trying to turn oh, the table. It's okay. a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But all right, okay. Well, my and I said what I said. Yes. Well, my I said what I said goes to a somewhat heated topic, and I'm getting a little bit political. Uh-oh. Um, because there's been some discussions in the upcoming. In very, very early onset 2020 presidential race. Right. And um, I just want to be clear that there's a certain topic that's gaining a lot of traction and discussion early on. Mm-hmm. And the topic is centered around reparations. Nasty. If you go back to a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. you will know that Marianne Williamson announced her candidacy. Mm-hmm. And she started off her platform with saying that all descendants of slaves should are entitled to reparations and again i loved it because i'm bad at math and she said 10 billion <laughs> over 10 years once i divided that by the amount of african-american families where is she getting this 10 billion from first of all well i mean there's money somewhere mm-hmm. right She's, it's not going to go to the military it's not going to go into this, this the, oh. the space force have you, have, have you heard about trump's space force bullshit i don't listen to anything oh, oh girl says. oh the space force is the most ridiculous oh, thing okay. but we'll talk about that at a later date mm-hmm. but she wants to give people you know black or descendants of African slaves, which I'm I'm not sure how she'll figure that out. Like you, twenty three of me, you get twenty girl, girl twenty three of me, ancestry, submit your shit, <laughs> put it up on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, you get a quarter, you get fifty percent. Yeah. I mean, it's just a mess because then everybody's gonna come out the woodwork exactly. being a descendant all girl. of a sudden. Bye. 
uh, America going to be having fucking, you know, we our population is 330 million. We'll end up having 500 million uh, descendants of slaves. Come on. Because, right. you know, it's it's always great to be black when there's a benefit. Okay. But, I, I mean. Every, never mind. Like what? Don't say that. You remember that um, thing on Chappelle's show when he was like, everybody want to be a nigga, mm-hmm. but nobody want to be a be nigga. Be a nigga. No, mm-hmm. that's true. That is that is awesome. And that is applicable. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I'm noticing that, you know, Marianne Williamson led her campaign platform with reparations. Yeah. But then once Maurice assisted me with the math, <laughs> I found out that it was only $270 per black family yeah, per, year, per year, which would only be 2700 over the course of 10 years. Yes. It would not even be adjusted for inflation. That's insulting. Yeah. It's very insulting. She tried it. It's disgusting. Yeah. Because, again, I think that this country, you know, like... Wells Fargo Bank, major institutions, mm-hmm. major, you know, wealth has been generated by the fact that this country has benefited through the exploitation of free labor and through the use of black wow. bodies mm-hmm. to gain wealth. Like Kardashians? Let's not go there. Because okay. I could go there if you wanted to. <laughs> no thanks. But we, I mean, I don't think the people really trying to listen that much long. Okay. Girl. But I think that like that that really put this country and certain peoples in this mm-hmm. country in an advantage. And to say that that's only worth twenty seven hundred dollars a day, that's not going to make yeah. a difference in my life, and no. that's not going to recuperate the differences. So that was really insulting. Mm-hmm. And now people are asking Bernie Sanders about reparations, and Bernie Sanders is not in support of reparations, and mm-hmm. he wants to focus more on, um, you know, incarceration and education deficits and income mm-hmm. inequality, access to housing. Um, I know that Julian Castro has come forward saying that reparations should be given. But again, I don't want reparations to be given just to say it was been done. Like, it needs to be a real repentance. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't think that America could give reparations. It would bankrupt the country. Where are they going to get this money and this land from? But but to actually, to give the actual value, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the free labor that this country gained through slave labor for centuries is damn near the the GDP. It would bankrupt the country, right? Mm -hmm. So So it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. ask like Bernie Sanders. Did you say Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders. And Mm -hmm. he's he's not for it. I'm not for Bernie Sanders anymore. I'm not for Bernie Sanders either. He needs needs to dismiss himself. Bye. Well, I'm not going to ask that someone die. I mean, he old. I'm going to ask that she go sit down in a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm saying is this. I do support ideologically reparations. Mm -hmm. I do think that this country needs to make a repentance for its original sin. But I think that there needs to be some repair. But, but I don't think that it's do? feasible. So, but I, and again, and like giving of money, not for nothing, and this is not being harsh, but I think, I mean, you can't, if you gave black people something, white people will lose their shit. They will burn this whole shit down over who, over over $270 a year, straight right, up. That's right? true. And it's just like, you have to look at it really uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that if you wanted to give a tax abatement mm-hmm. or moratorium think, to black people, uh-huh. or if... But, but personally, my suggestion mm-hmm. is, is that you forgive all of these student loans I have. Boom. Have Th- no. That'll make a difference for me, but that's not going to happen, my... right? So I feel like, not for nothing, I feel mm. like this whole discussion, first of it's all, moot. it's moot. Because I feel like, the, the, the I'm really frustrated with the Democratic Party. First of all, we got too many motherfuckers throwing their hat in the ring. Yeah. We, we, we need to come to this shit united. Yeah. Out like, the Bernie, gate. you need to go. Jose, you need to go. 
But we just um, we just need to decide. Okay, you are gonna be the one motherfucker we riding with. Yeah, and we riding off the jump. We not giving people too many options to get confused many. and have debate. Yeah, because what what the liberal Democratic Party does, they defeat themselves with the infighting. Yeah, because we, like I said, everybody's trying to be the first something. Right, but we need to learn from the Republicans and be like, oh, well, we just gonna do what's good for we us. We got white bread. That's it. Boom, done. One choice. Yeah, we gonna get behind a dummy. Yeah. At least they have some unification. We could mm-hmm. really learn something from yeah. that. But we all have to have constant debate and back and forth. Mm-hmm. If there's too many people with the ring and with their hat in the ring already. Beethoven about to come out. He did a sit down with Oprah Over on, her. on the podcast it's the other too, day. Too like, much. And then Biden about to come out. But it's like when we gonna learn well honestly, honestly, if Biden comes out, Biden has my vote. A bitch. What? What happened to Kamala? Bye girl. I told you straight. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, 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 no worries. I told you straight up. We don't. We can't risk this for another first. We got a black. Be satisfied. That should have sustained y'all uh-uh. Negroes for twenty years. I do. I would like to see a black woman, but it's too much at stake. I think that the person who's who who who, who ha, who's most equipped and who has the best to beat Donald, the goal is to beat Donald Trump. Right. The goal is not to have the first black or the first woman or the first Latino or the first gay. Mr. Buttkiss. Which the first, his name is a mess. But the first, the goal is to beat Trump. But. And I'm committed to the goal. And if, and if it takes a white man to get there, then by golly, let's do it. Chap. By golly. But you're black. Uh, just because I'm black don't mean I got to vote that way. I'm thinking we need to think smart. Right. And again, and I agree. There is there <sighs> needs to be some intellectual thought, but right now there are too many people in the ring. Too many people in the ring. Like, but again, Tulsi, uh, you need to go. Bagel. All these other women, you need to go. And get a box Elizabeth. of dye. A what? Her that gray. She's thirty-seven. Go Ooh. go go get you some Revlon dye. A one B. Do it yeah. in the in the kitchen sink. Recognize America for the trifling bitch she is. Mm. I mean, she's a bad bitch because I love America. I love too. America, so she's, don't even go there. She, I love America. She a bad bitch. Mm. She the baddest bitch. She like Trina. But but she could also use a new Eve. I mean, that's true too. So I just think <laughs> that using reparations as a political talking point is ridiculous. Because one, is not going to happen. It's futile. And then two, you asking Bernie Sanders, you asking Jose Castro, you ask... Ooh, Julian, child. Julian. <laughs> child, this hurricane. La Tormenta is popping up in here popping so you asking julian castro you asking this white chick what is just not gonna happen and to make it a talking point and to say and to use it pretty much to just pander to the black people like oh yeah i think preparations are great like everyone should get them like no i think that it should happen but i also not not even enough to know that it's not going to to, so i know that we're wasting our time and this is futile so let's talk about some real let's talk about some real Things that are going on in this country that you, as a potential president, could alleviate or repair. Don't use it as this talking point to try and pander and get the black people distracted. Don't. Kamala, don't even entertain reparations, seriously. And Bernie Sanders, you need to go. Yeah, and get a brush. Yeah. All right, well, that's my I said what I said. All right, child. Well, let's get into tens, tens, tens across the board. My tens this week goes to mm-hmm. one of my faves. And mm-hmm. I think that she is an amazing young woman. And she's a visionary. She's an amazing... I, 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 actually, I can't say she's an amazing actress because I've never seen her act. Ooh. But she gives me fashion. 
Zendaya. No. Okay, so Zendaya has partnered with Tommy Hilfiger now for Tommy Hilfiger at Paris Fashion Week. And this past weekend, she debuted her collaboration line with Tommy Hilfiger. What color wig she had on? Auburn. Okay. And it was a 70s-inspired runway. She brought out Beverly Peel, model legend, Pat Cleveland, Canadian model. You don't know Beverly Peel? No. I only know Beverly Johnson. Oh, Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, Beverly Johnson's what I meant to say. Oh, <laughs> so you just start all the way over. The, the hurricane. <laughs> just keep it there. Okay. Beverly Johnson. Sorry, guys. Beverly Johnson okay. was there. Pat Cleveland, Canadian supermodel fandom, was there. Okay. Um. Also, she had uh, Grace Jones. Really? Yes, yes. Strong J, bitch. Strong J, yes. bitch. But pussy. Pussy, mm. pussy. Mm-mm. Yes. No? Okay. Well, Grace Jones was there. Grace Jones is 70. Really? Yes. And killed it on the runway. Oh, wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was bright. It was colorful. Mm-hmm. The clothes had shape and movement mm-hmm. and vibrancy. And she helped to design this capsule collection with Tommy mm-hmm. Hilfiger. Really? And I think it's also, you know, back in the day, Tommy Hilfiger had some things with him mm-hmm. about some potential racism things. Yeah. But now he brings in this young black woman. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that could be for his own reasons. Well, she's she's black. She she identifies as black, and okay. that's valid. It depends on the week. But wearing. she had sixty black models. They were ranging from ages eighteen to seventy, and they were ranges from age, they were ranging from sizes like zero to twenty. So okay. I think that this was a awesome fashion show. Mm-hmm. It was the height of Paris Fashion Week. It was fun. It centered black women of various shapes, ages, and sizes. And Very I think shapes. that since. In shades. Okay. She had very dark-skinned women. She mm-hmm. had women that... She had one girl. I was like, she's not black, but not on closer looking. Because mm-hmm. she was very, very pale. Mm-hmm. And she was like a redhead. She looked like Merida. I know some black redheads. I know a lot of black redheads, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was so, like, just the spectrum. Okay. It was a lot of Latinx women. But Did it she was, have any trans? She might... Honestly, she might have. Really? I, 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 mean, I don't know for a fact. Okay. I was going to say, work on that next year, girl. Someone with some structure to okay. their faces, okay. but again, I think that with given the fashion industry, given what we've seen from Gucci, Prada, H and M, everybody from high to low lately, and mm-hmm. how they be acting, well. I think that you know, to me, Zendaya is just a fashion, you know, darling. Okay. She always serves the fashions. Mm-hmm. I think that that's she to me is a model. She's okay. stunning. And it was just nice to see her go to Paris, which is, again, New York Fashion Week is still amazing. Yeah. But Paris. But Paris is Paris. I mean, Paris is always a good idea. Always. Always. Come on. Yes. But, I mean, it's Paris. Yeah. And then to center black women. Mm -hmm. And then it was just inclusive of size and age. Amazing. It was stunning. It was a fun show to watch okay. online. Good for you, Zendaya. So, ten Zendaya, girl. Get you some acting roles coming up. We <laughs> <laughs> just had to end my shit on a shady note. I mean... You know what? It could be tens where we're trying to be nice and you still can't escape the shit. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, she was in Spider-Man. She might be on the next one. Um, so, my tens this week is going to Miss Jaden Smith. Because, Wait, Will son? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, he had this whole um, Jordan Woods thing going on, 
And he was like, I'm going to Flint and I'm going to give them some water. Oh, I because, did see that. Yeah. So Flint still has this issue with their water. So Jaden Smith went to. People are still dying of like listeria. Yeah. I think a 30 year old woman died. Really? Mm-hmm, recently. Oh, okay. So he went to First Trinity Missionary Baptist Church in Flint, Michigan, and he debuted this um, contraption called the water box it's a portable filtration system and he um you know wants to give them access to water and they've been having this water crisis since 2016 Mm -hmm. i think so like three years or so yeah and so it's unconscionable yeah and so you know the church was giving out water like five days a week and so if you look it's like this it's literally like this box Okay. And it um, has like almost a water fountain on it, and mm-hmm. you can like fill up your bottles of water with That's it. It's awesome. Yeah. And so, good for you, Jaden. Like, put your dress on and work. You know, work. I really have to commend Will and Jada. I must say that their children seem very well adjusted. Um, and I understand that the Smiths have wealth, fame, and mm-hmm. access mm-hmm. that affords their children the ability to be such free black children. Right. But I just hope that um, we can look to it as a model of what one day could be for all black children. I can see that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, again, like, I'm not saying everyone needs to, like, condone their child wearing a dress, but, I, but like, what the fuck's wrong with that? Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that they really allow their children to really just explore and mm-hmm. be and... Um, I think they're amazing parents, and it, it shows through their children to me. I think they are some eccentric parents, and they are allowing their children to be who they are. Right. And I think they are not projecting, projecting, or living vicariously, or living vicariously through them. I think they are allowing their children to grow and develop into who they are and who they want to be. And but so, that's because they're still growing and developing into who they are. Jada even said it during her Jordan Woods talk, you know? Yeah. She's like, girl, I made these mistakes and I still make them. You right. know? Like, it's just, I think it's an approach. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it has to do with Jada. And Will uh, okay. is still so fine. He is not aging. I mean, what serum or potion or lotion did yeah. you use? Yeah. He's just, I mean... That's a whole other category. That's oh, not it is. Good. Yeah, his child. I mean, he, he he's one of the, he's one of the few that kind of was like could get it. Well, not could get it, but it was just like but he in, could. Huh? In my youth, that's when I was like, ooh, like I remember watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and being attracted <laughs> to Will Smith. Not, I wasn't attracted to him then. He was, but goofy like then. now, like when he was in what Riddick, when he got that ridiculous oh, body. Well, now it's actually thing. I yeah, mean, some of the first Shamar Moore was on that list. Well, I was very attracted to Shamar Malcolm Moore. And Young the Restless. Yes, Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. My mother loved Young and the Restless in The Bold and the Beautiful. Rest in peace for... Um, Christoph John. Yeah, St. Yeah, John. St. John. Neil. But yeah, Shamar Moore was one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one was... Will Smith was one for me. And mm-hmm. who was the other? Boris Kojo. Well. Clearly I have a type. <laughs> yes, you do. No. Um, but yeah, Boris was cute Bo- Boris Cha. Yeah, but I think more so now. Like back in the day, I was like, eh, okay, he's just another light skinned nigga. But don't do that. But he's cute. Don't do that. Yeah. All anyway. right, child. Well, thank you for joining us to our first March edition because March is about to get popping. It's your birthday month. Yeah, it's my birthday month. Anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 
Why? Nothing. Well, we want to just say happy birthday to you all the Pisces and these Aquarii. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Our month, we own it. <laughs> you sound like the Beyonce song. Capricorn Aquarius, you're so Pisces. It. No, okay. Um, no, don't sing. Okay. You're not supposed to sing anymore. And my reason I might be late to the wonders of the World Wide Web that are brought to us through YouTube, Facebook, and the digital medias. But before we came into the studio tonight, we were met with the uh, the grace, the honor, the sassiness, and the unique, special, indelible black girl magic that is of this young child at her daycare center. <laughs> and do we know her name? No. We don't know her name. Mm-mm. It's called Little Girl. It's called Little Girl. <laughs> but Little Girl, wherever you are and wherever you at, don't lose your spirit at all, and you get an honorary. You get a you get a ten this week. Ten. You get a third ten. Ten, ten, ten. Play the clip. You and Jalen, time out. Well, let me tell you this, Linda. My name ain't Linda. So you sit right there and time out, little bad little girl. No, let me say something. No, don't if tell I, me. If I was in here, I would surely take a day off. From you, and then a day off from these kids. I'm not a classroom. I'm just done with you. I'm done with you too, but you in time out. Oh, let me tell you something, honey. This is not going You're going to be in time out? Oh. That's why you in time out right I now. I think so. I think so. Well, when I get up out of town and go to bed, I will be glad to go home and enjoy the rest of my life. The sassiness. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for joining us on this show of Category Is. Remember to like, rate, and And subscribe subscribe. on whatever platform you listen to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud. And don't forget to like us on all things social at Category Is Pod. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Right. And please, 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 we need to listen to letter. We we tired of not hearing from our listeners. We need to hear the mess. Yes. So write into us. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask uh introduce a category. Yeah. Ask things about us. Tell us about your messy lives. You can write to us at category is pod, pod at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Thanks for listening. And we'll see See you you next week. week. Bye. Bye.